Welcome to the Davenport Pulse, a podcast aimed at connecting citizens to their local government. Together, we will explore important issues impacting our neighborhoods and community through conversations with residents, city staff, and elected officials. Davenport is an urban pulse at the heart of the Quad Cities, rich in history and character, where folks with the Midwest mentality plant personal and professional roots. Come explore with us the people, places, and programs that make Davenport home. Welcome back to the Davenport Pulse. Today we have Sergeant Jason Ellerbach. He is the supervisor of the Davenport Police Department gun unit. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today, Jason. Well, thank you. Happy to have you. Uh, Before we dive into some questions, do you mind giving us a brief background of yourself, where you're from, any education and training you'd like to share? Sure. Um, I'm from a small town in Iowa uh, called Holy Cross, Iowa. It's up near Dyersville, Dubuque area for a little bit bigger reference points on the map. Uh, Dyersville, Beckman is where I went to high school. Uh, Dyersville is very commonly known for the Field of Dreams. I just went there this summer yeah, for the very awesome. first time. It was so cool. It's cool. Yeah. You know, I've uh, been there a couple times, but yeah, this summer was probably awesome. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. Um, went to Dyersville, Beckman, um, graduated there in 1995, go Blazers. Um, from there, I went on to college and wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do in life, but I was playing and offered football uh, scholarship to go up to Upper Iowa University in Fayette, Iowa. Very cool. Uh, went up there, uh, played a season, uh, and of course, got some education because really that's what we're there for, right? <laughs> um, and it, the school just wasn't for me, so I transferred to St. Ambrose here in Davenport mm-hmm. and walked onto the football program there and then started to figure out kind of what I wanted to do in life. I was very fortunate there and was able to play all three years while I was at St. Ambrose and um, figured out that a criminal justice career would be maybe something that I would like to be involved with and started studying in criminal justice. Is that um, something that runs in your family? Do you have any background in that? It is not. Okay. I'm actually a farm kid from Iowa. Okay. So I, I grew up with dairy and hogs and mm-hmm. beef cattle, and we had crops, so I'm the first one. So what made you become interested in criminal justice then? So that's a, that's a great question, right? In college, you kind of try to find your path as like what you want to do. And I had a, initially no clue. Uh, I knew I started out as a computer science major and figured out relatively quickly that that may not be exactly what I wanted to do. Um, just being inside uh, all the time uh, in an office or just kind of inside, not able to be out, you know, interacting with people because I grew up on a farm while I was outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of my friends were in criminal justice uh, career and I'm like, yeah, let's try that. Uh, it gives you the opportunity to be out, talk with people, meet people, uh, help people. And uh, it was, you know, just kind of the path that I went, you know, kind of with the assistance of my friends. But then once we got into it, started doing the studies like, yeah, this seems legit. This is pretty cool. And this is a path I think that I definitely want to uh, follow. And while I was at St. Ambrose, I did an internship with the Davenport Police Department. Cool. So that's where your story with DPD started. It did many years ago. Um, <laughs> I graduated St. Ambrose in uh, 1999. Okay. So yes, a, f- a few years ago. <laughs> and how long have you been 
um, with Davenport Police Department? So I've been with Davenport uh, about 16 and a half years. Um, I was out in Marshalltown, Iowa for four and a half. So when I transferred to Davenport, um, I had four and a half years experience that I brought with me. Um, So I kind of knew, you know, with four and a half years of experience, um, some of the things and just kind of how to get things done in some of the investigations and just what's needed Mm -hmm. and required um, for patrol work in the Davenport Police Department. And then it was just a matter of uh, like figuring out, you know, Davenport ways of doing things, the policies and procedures, and then just really falling into into line with how uh, the Davenport Police Department does things. I imagine that Marshalltown and Davenport, Iowa are very different. Uh, yes, they are. Um, In, yes. Y- yes. The world. Yep. So for, for by population, yes. Um, diversity, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there, we only had, we had 44 sworn officers out there. Okay. Which was a great spot to start. I learned a lot out in Marshalltown um, and brought that with me here to Davenport. But yeah, population size, just calls for service. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot busier here in Davenport. Definitely. Um, so what have uh, some of your roles been throughout your time with Davenport Police Department? So uh, some of the roles uh, that I've been involved with here in Davenport are um, when I first got hired, I was in patrol for about two years. And then a spot in the services division, the NETS unit, mm-hmm. uh, came open. And I was interested in going up there because I, I really liked and believed in what they were doing. Uh, applied, interviewed, and was accepted up in the NETS unit. Uh, NETS unit has evolved into CIT, the community impact team. Um, so the evolution of that unit in that division has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was up in NETS, I took a promotion test to become a, a corporal and uh, was promoted uh, out of NETS back to patrol and was in patrol about eight to 10 months. And while I'm in patrol, a spot in the old Tactical Operations Bureau came open. And the spot was specifically for the street crimes gang side of uh, investigations in that, uh, in that world. Uh, and that was something I was really interested in doing. Uh, applied there and was accepted up in the Tactical Operations Bureau as a street crimes gang detective. Uh, those guys work side by side with our vice guys and our narcotics guys. Um, so it was in a world that I was very excited to be in and was up there just short of five years and then was promoted to a sergeant. Uh, went back to patrol uh, for about another eight to 10 months and a supervisor spot came up in the street crimes gang side. And I went back up and was able to be the supervisor of the street crimes gang unit. So I've been very lucky. Um, in addition to that, I was on the tactical uh, team, the emergency services team for the police department. Uh, I was also a school resource officer uh, for one of the schools here in Davenport. I did that for 10 years uh, in conjunction with uh, my duties down at the police department. So it was busy mm-hmm. at times, yeah. very busy. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Uh, SROs are a great thing to have in the schools. They're a very valuable tool uh, inside the school and then back on the street when the guys, when the kids in the community see those officers. So um, in 2018, the in, in prior to that, gun crimes were becoming um, a little bit more prevalent and on the rise in the need for a specific unit 
uh, was established in the Davenport Police Department, and the gun unit got stood up in October of 2018. Uh, I was fortunate enough to apply for that and was named the supervisor for the gun unit. Uh, the gun unit at that time had four guys in it, plus me, the supervisor, and then has evolved over the course of um, the last few years mm-hmm. with people in it, uh, kind of how we do investigations and just what we're spo- what our requirements are to, to fulfill our duties. So for our listeners, what would a typical day for somebody in the gun unit look like? So a uh, typical day for uh, some of the detectives in the, in the unit would be uh, reviewing cases that I have assigned to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the case gets assigned, uh, that means there's some follow-up to do. Um, not all of the shots fired calls get assigned for multiple reasons. But if a detective does get assigned a case, they'll have to follow up with either a victim uh, maybe talk to witnesses again to make sure that uh, all the statements are in line with what happened, see if we can get any additional information. Uh, they may have to go out and look for video in the area. Uh, they may have to talk to family members uh, and then hopefully identify a suspect uh, that is involved in the crime and then work the case um, through for ultimately uh, hopefully getting an arrest for the incident that occurred. And our focus is gun crime, so we're always looking to uh, find bad guys with guns mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully make an arrest with a you know, suspect, maybe a guy or a gal, mm-hmm. uh, with the gun. Uh, we make the arrest and then you know prosecution at a state or a federal level. So what's the criteria for an incident to be looked into by your unit? So some of the criteria is if there is follow-up that, that is needed to be done um, for the case. So if there's no videos in the area, there's no victims, there's no witnesses, uh, there's really nothing to absolutely do uh, with a detective, that case gets closed. Um, it When follow-up comes into play is when we do have victims and we do have multiple witnesses that we need to reach out and talk to and see if we can obtain any more information. Uh, those are really the key factors on what we have up front for the investigation uh, to see if we can follow up and, and uh, identify a suspect. How many uh, people are in your unit? Uh, currently, I have uh, six detectives assigned in the gun unit. And they do a variety of different tasks throughout their day. Mm -hmm. You know, in a perfect world, you know, we'd have more. But each day we just, uh, we see who comes to work and we take that group. We go out and make good decisions. And we further our cases if we can and try to make the community a safe place or safer place to live by making an arrest, hopefully. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Jason, if... Someone was interested, if a community member is interested in getting involved and becoming a Davenport police officer, furthermore, interested in getting involved with the gun unit, what does that path look like for them? Yep, that's a a great question. Um, That path um, could be very, uh, it could take a little time. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Davenport Police Department um, takes applications, 
like that I think right now we're doing it multiple times a year just because we need we need good people um so let's say a guy or a gal gets hired Davenport Police Department, they go through the academy, they come back and they do what's called a field training program. They got to pass that and then they're able to go solo on their own. Uh, Once they get solo in the work that they do, um, whether it's just, you know, calls for service, um, proactive work, knowledge of the street, knowledge of the people that are involved in the percentage of crimes that we're seeing. um, And they're just, they're, who they are, how they work, um, who they are as a person, um, their work ethic. Um, there are spots from time to time that come up in different units. Uh, and it can be all of the divisions, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, from from traffic to um, criminal investigations division has multiple units in it from SVU to property crimes to major case unit uh, to the narcotics unit and then uh, the gun unit. You know, there's um, services, CIT uh, units that you can go to and it kind of depends on the person and where they want to drive in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in order to get over to the gun unit, you know, all of the things, you know, you're, you're a good person, you work hard, you do reports, uh, you're accountable for your actions. And, um, then a spot comes open, you would have to put in a uh, transfer request. And then, um, once in, once the spot comes open, there's an interview process. In different supervisors sit in on the interview process, um, certain questions are asked. And then after all of the applicants have interviewed, um, the supervisors sit down, what are the needs of the unit? Um, you know, how did everyone do in their in- interviews? And interviews aren't, aren't always like 100% because, uh, you know, sometimes people get nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing an interview. So that's taken into account. Because uh, you could have a guy or gal that like, yeah, I think that person's really squared away and they're really, really nervous in the interview. I'm like, man, that didn't go over so well. I figured they'd go better. Um, but so that's all taken into account. And then supervisors uh, all the way up through command to the chief, uh, we give a recommendation. And um, uh, it's either, it, most of the time it would be approved and then that person gets selected and uh, I've been involved in some of those phone calls where uh, guys coming in the unit you get to make the phone call after an interview and it's like hey you you made it and that's a great phone call to be a part of because that that young officer is now becoming a detective and forwarding in their career and you can just hear the the excitement and see the excitement in them so it's that's a fun phone call to make. How long is that path do you think from being hired starting in patrol to entering the gun unit or different union unit? Yep. So it, it, it really depends. So if there's no uh, spots open in any units, mm-hmm. it everyone just kind of keeps the, the course that they're on, uh, no matter where you're at. It could take, you know, if you've been on the job three, four, five years uh, and a spot comes open and... Um, say, say you're the guy or the gal that's going to be picked, it could be four or five years. But if nothing really comes open in any investigative units uh, that we talked about earlier, it could be a little bit. I mean, you could be, you know, a police officer in patrol, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years before a spot comes open, before you're able to move around. I don't imagine spots open very often. They don't. 
Um, and we're kind of, we're a little light on staff right now. Mm-hmm. So everyone's trying to help out everybody. Yeah. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, but you're right. Not, not a lot of spots come open frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guys and the gals that are in specialty units, um, work hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do, do good work, uh, because they want to stay in there and there's always an option. Uh, you can always leave if something comes up and you got to leave for personal reasons for your family or whatever it may be. Um, but so yeah, it, it could take a while. It could be faster. Uh, my track in my career has been very, very, very awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been very, very fortunate, uh, cause I've been like on a, uh, two-year rotation. I go into a union, I come out, I get back in. So I've, I've been very lucky. Um, I put in a lot of hard work and I'm very proud of what I've done. But yeah, I, I have a very, very fortunate career path. I mean, do you have a lot of people like wishing they could get into the gun unit and like lining up to be a part of your unit? Yeah. So um, whenever spots come open uh, in the last few years um yeah we've had a good pool yeah to look at um to like give you a like a solid number like hey there's 15 people waiting mm-hmm. you know i that i don't know but um yeah we when the spot comes open for criminal investigations division for a unit um lately we have had a very good pool of people to interview and select and uh, the work that the detectives and the police officers are doing you know they're good people and um sometimes it's hard to make a decision because you got two or three qualified candidates and you only have one spot Mm -hmm. uh those are the really hard times like man can we take them both right right that's a good problem to have yeah and you know sometimes we just can't because we can't pull too many people from one division and deplete them to surplus us so yeah in a perfect world if you have two three good candidates I'd, i'd love it like if I could have five more guys or gals, like bring them on, let's do it today. Uh, Jason, can you share a few gun safety tips for our listeners? I, I think the biggest thing for gun safety is, um, and I'm probably going to lead into another question here maybe, is just if you have if you have firearms in your house, mm-hmm. uh, it, you're a concealed person, uh, you have, you're a permit person, uh, state of Iowa, you don't need a permit anymore. Uh, if you carry a firearm and it's in your vehicle, it's in your house, just please secure it. Um, a lot of thefts come out of vehicles with guns in them, a lot. Uh, open garage doors, you know, you get at the end of the night, you're tired, you're carrying the groceries in or, or you know, making sure all the kids get in and you forget to hit the lock button on the car parked outside or you forget to shut the garage door. Um, those are things that just maybe before you you go to bed, you know, maybe just check, <clears throat> um, make sure the car's locked, make sure your garage door is all the way down just to, to minimize any potential risk that you may have about getting your firearm stolen. Mm-hmm. A- accidents happen. They do. Um, but if your firearms, uh, carrier, just please be diligent in knowing where your firearm is all the time. Make sure it's not accessible to kids because tragic accidents can happen and we do not want, you know, that's horrible when you hear that or you see it on the news. So, you know, just be, you know, a good parent, good grandpa, good friend, good whatever when you're involving yourself with firearms and, and be careful and know how to operate your system and make good decisions when you when you're in possession of that firearm. That kind of ties into 
lock it down. Yeah. Yep. Um, that, that's important. Um, you know, even having simple thing like, uh, having your lights on in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my neighborhood, most of the houses have their exterior lights on at night. Just keep things lit up a little bit. Um, just for that added little blanket of security. But yeah. I mean, a lot of people park cars outside, you know, for one reason or another and, and just double check it. It takes like, you know, two seconds to right. walk over to the window, maybe hit the lock button and then we're all good. And, and you don't have to worry about your, your firearm being taken. I have a question back to the beginning. Have you ever played on the field of dreams field or that gun to the house when you were little? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been on the field. I've never played like an actual baseball game there. Uh, I've thrown the baseball around. Um, we took our a baseball team that um, the boy was playing on. I think it was two summers ago. Uh, the whole team went up there. And so it was kind of cool watching them run around, play baseball and um, just let them be kids. Uh, I've never been in the house. But, um, yeah, I drove by that field, you know, every single day for high school. So, you know, then plus that up a few times for extracurricular, you know, football or just going out for the weekend, hang out your buddy. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty neat to have over there. Did you know that you can rent that house out? It's on Airbnb. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Yeah, that'd probably be expensive. It would be an expensive stay, I'm sure. But yeah, very cool. Yeah, if you build it, they will come. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have, uh, maybe just to wrap up here, any other facts or tips our listeners should know? Um, can be anything. Yeah, I'd say, you know, be safe with your firearms. Um, make good decisions if you do carry a firearm. Um, know what you're going to do if something really bad is happening in front of you and unfolding very quickly. Uh, it's easy to say, you know, well, I would do this until you're actually in the moment. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, I got to make a decision and this could affect my life forever. Um, so have a good plan. Um, I call it if then thinking, right? If this happens, then I will do this because I've already previously thought about it. So I have a, a path of knowledge to pull from quickly in a critical incident mm-hmm. or something that's unfolding in front of me that I can't control. Like, should I be a really good witness here? Talk to the police, uh, identify, identify myself as a, you know, a person carrying a firearm and be an awesome witness uh, that I know I can be good at, or do I need to interact? Um, you know, when I'm off duty, uh, there's certain things that I will, will help with, mm-hmm. and there's certain things that I will be an awesome witness for. Uh, so just have a plan. If you're a firearms holder, uh, make good decisions out there. Uh, please keep all your stuff locked up, cars, houses, um, share the word, and, um, and just be safe. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you coming on today. I learned a lot. I know Jerry learned a lot too. Hopefully our listeners did as well. So we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. 